Mark chapter 10. If you're able to stand, stand with us for the reading of the scripture. And if you're not able, of course, we certainly understand that. But Mark chapter 10, I want to begin reading in verse 13. And please follow along as I read. Beginning in verse 13, the Bible says, And they brought young children to him. Of course, of talking about to Jesus. They brought young children to him that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms and put his hands upon them and blessed them. You know, I think it'd be good to point out that this uh, incident we're reading about, this occurrence is recorded in three different places in three of the Gospels. It's a very important lesson. And it's not just a lesson about children. It's not even a lesson about how Jesus loves the children, but we'll talk about that. But really, it's about our own spiritual lives. Look what he said there in verse 15. Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. It's not even, this is not even about children, but it's about us entering the kingdom as little children. You know, we spend a lot of our time as adults trying to get our children to act like adults. And here Jesus says, you adults need to learn something from children. So young people, as you're watching and listening today, your parents are going to be watching you to learn, all right? Learn. And so I want to speak on this child, or on this, on this child, on this text, in this particular topic, as a little child. And let's pray as we begin. Father, thank you for your word. Bless as we study together. And we'll thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So the scene before us is one of people. It says it uses the pronoun there in verse 13, and they. They're bringing children to Jesus. And they wanted Jesus, the Bible says, to touch them. Verse 13. They brought young children to him that he should touch them. These young children. Now we don't know the, age, we don't know the ages of these children, um, but I would think it very safe to assume, as we look around this congregation, that they were a variety of ages of these children. Matter of fact, when Luke records this, he uses the word infant, talking about these children. And, he, and Luke uses the word infant instead of young children in verse thirteen. But down in verse fifteen, where it says. Whosoever shall receive the kingdom of God as a little child, Luke also puts as a little child. Matthew says not just that when Matthew recorded this incident, he didn't just put that he wanted to touch them. He said he wanted to put his hands on them and pray. They were bringing these children to Jesus. And they wanted Jesus to touch them and maybe pray for them. They wanted Jesus to bless them. Um, 
And so we look at this passage and we, we're thinking about it. I'm thinking about these, this crowd of people. We talked last week about how the crowds are growing again as Jesus enters Jerusalem or near Jerusalem, soon be in Jerusalem in a few days or weeks. But we don't know who the they were in verse 13. It says, and they brought young children to him. But I think it's safe to assume this was probably family members, parents, grandparents, maybe close friends. They just wanted Jesus to bless their children. It's worth thinking about, isn't it? They just wanted Jesus to bless their children. And I said we don't really know who the they were, but we know who the they weren't. They weren't the disciples. <laughs> the disciples weren't bringing these children to Jesus to bless them because the Bible says in verse 13, his disciples rebuked those that brought them. They didn't, they didn't think this was fitting. They didn't agree with it. Uh, they, you know, who knows why? I mean, they're, they, they were probably thinking, you know, they're just going to get be rowdy and talk. But we know children don't ever do those things. <laughs> Jesus' time is limited. Perhaps they're watching out for his schedule. I mean, after all, Jesus is a celebrity. And why would a celebrity want to spend time with these little children? But once again, as we've seen numerous times in the Gospels, these disciples were really out of step with Jesus. Wouldn't you agree with that? They were, they were not in agreement with what Jesus had in mind. Now, I just want to say a few words about this, just sort of as a clarification. There's nothing in this passage specifically about evangelizing children. We sometimes use it in that way, but it's just not really there. Didn't, Jesus didn't say, bring these children to me that they can be saved, right? I'm not saying children can't be saved. I'm just saying the Bible doesn't say that. Um, but he did say this, if you're going to be saved, you need to be like these children. There's certainly nothing in this or anywhere else in the Bible that could be construed as the need to baptize babies especially. It's not in the Bible. I know people believe it and practice it, but it's just not in the Bible. By the way, children can be saved. But children get saved the same way adults get saved. Children get saved by coming, first of all, face to face with their own sinfulness. And that's not just getting them to say the words, I've sinned. It's knowing in their heart they've sinned against God. It's God working in their heart about their sinful condition. They have to see themselves genuinely as guilty before God because of their sin. And they have to see that Jesus is the only solution for their spiritual separation from God, and that's through his sacrifice on the cross. And then they come to Christ like we as adults come to Christ, and that is in re with a repentant heart and faith in Jesus alone for salvation. There are not two different ways to be saved, one for adults and one children. There's only one way to be saved, Amen. and that's through the grace of God and faith in Jesus Christ. So these People, whoever they were, probably relatives, were bringing these children to the Lord that he might bless them. Jesus loves children. Amen? Jesus loves children. I mean, these children were small. More than likely, 
at least some of these children, we could safely say, were too young to really understand a lot about the gospel. Like I said, Luke called them infants. That didn't mean all of them were what we would consider infants, but these were small children. They couldn't really, they couldn't really understand all the ramifications of what Jesus was saying and doing, but, but Jesus wanted these children to come to him. It's a lesson for us as parents and grandparents. For one thing, it's never too early to begin exposing our children to the truth of the gospel. And there's nothing wrong. We, don't, we haven't had children. We haven't had a nursery. We haven't had children's church for now many weeks. And those things are good and proper. There's nothing wrong with having those things. But they don't just, we don't just have them to entertain children or keep children busy. We have them because people need the gospel at an early age. They need to understand the gospel. It's never too early to begin giving them gospel truth through sharing the Bible stories with them and reading Bible stories to them and having family devotions where you talk about those things or having them in Sunday school and children's church. I'm reminded, let's hold our finger here in Mark chapter 10 and go to another passage in the New Testament over in 2 Timothy. And I want to read this with you because, and I want you to see it again, 2 Timothy chapter 3, because we see the importance that the Apostle Paul put upon this matter of teaching and instructing children. 2 Timothy chapter 3 Paul is writing to Timothy, and he says in verse 14, And continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, saying to Timothy, Continue in the things you've learned and has been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. The sentence goes on into verse 15, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Jesus Christ. From a child, Timothy, you learned the word of God. What a, what a good heritage. What a good testimony. What a great advantage that we can hear the, hear the gospel as children. You can. We can teach our children the gospel. We can teach them about the Lord Jesus Christ. People need gospel instruction from a young age. They also need, of course, godly behavior as examples before them. Jesus, and we'll go back to Mark chapter 10, Jesus defended those who were trying to get children to him. That's what we want. We want to get children to him. We want our children to know the Lord. We know that, that this awareness, this understanding of the gospel this understanding of personal sin, it doesn't come at a certain age. It doesn't come, we can't make it happen. It comes as God works in a child's heart. But we want our children to know the Lord. We want our children to respect the things of God. We want our children to want to please Jesus with their lives. We want our children to serve the Lord. That's what we want. So they're bringing children to Jesus. The second thing we notice in our text is that Jesus rebuked his disciples for their attitude and behavior. Look in verse 14 again. But when Jesus saw it, saw what? 
saw that the disciples in the last part of verse 13 rebuked those that brought these children. When Jesus saw what his disciples were doing, he was much displeased. Much displeased. How many of you, I'm going to ask you to answer the question. We're going to take a survey. How many of you would like to be a close follower of Jesus? Raise your hand. Most hands in this room. My hand goes up. By the way, that's the best life there is, to be a close follower of Jesus. But one thing we need to remember, if we're going to be a close follower of Jesus, we must be willing to be rebuked by him. You cannot be a close follower of Jesus and him not rebuke you from time to time. And these disciples were examples of this. We have such a contrast. The disciples were displeased with the people for bringing children to Jesus, and Jesus was much displeased with the disciples for their attitude. They're near the end of the end of his earthly ministry. If you've been with us following this teaching as we've gone along, I mean, they're, they've spent three and a half years with him, and they're nearing within a few weeks, maybe a couple of weeks, of him going to the cross. And yet there was so much they lacked in their understanding about him. And Jesus rebuked them. He rebuked them because they were hindering people from bringing children to him. So we see parents probably bringing children to be blessed. Jesus rebuked his disciples. And now we're going to get to the main part of the message. And that is this. What childhood teaches us about the kingdom of God and coming to Jesus. Because that's really what this was about. That's what this rebuke was about. Look in verse 14. After Jesus rebuked, as he rebuked his disciples, it says, when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, this is the message to the disciples. Suffer the little children to come unto me. Suffer means to allow, permit them. Don't stop them, encourage them. Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. Don't stop them. For of such is the kingdom of God. We'll think about that together for a moment. Of such. What does that mean? Of such is the kingdom of God. It means this is what the kingdom of God is like. Of such means like this or of this sort. This is what the kingdom of God is like. And then he says it a little bit different way in verse 15. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. The kingdom of God must, must be received as a little child. So let's take that phrase, let's take that reality and think about it this morning. There are child, according to Jesus, the way I understand this passage, 
their childlike tendencies, things that a child would do, attitudes that a child would have, their childlike tendencies that are required for the kingdom of God. Right? Which tells me there are adult-like tendencies that would stand to hinder us as far as the kingdom of God is concerned. Because there's a difference between, in case you hadn't noticed it, there's a difference between childlike tendencies and adult-like tendencies. And so I'm, I'm amazed by this. I'm, I'm drawn to this. I'm, I'm attracted by this because if, if it is a requirement, not a suggestion, not an option, but if it is a requirement for you and I to fit well into the kingdom of God or enter into the kingdom of God, if it's a requirement that we have these childlike tendencies, I'm curious to know what these childlike tendencies are. Aren't you? And it doesn't mean that you throw a tantrum or those are, we're not going to go into that today. So let's think about some of these childlike tendencies that might benefit us. Now the interesting thing, and I've not just been interested in this preparing for this message, I've been interested in this for years of my life, and that is we don't see the Bible itemizing, listing these childlike tendencies. I mean, I've read through the Gospels a lot of times. I've never seen, but there is one that I know he mentions. And we're going to mention it, but we're going to mention some others because I think we can recognize childlike tendencies by observing children. Don't you? So the first one I want to mention, if you're taking notes, the first one that I'm certain is true, and that's the, the, the quality of humility. Now, you may think instantly, as I tend to think, I've been around children and grandchildren, and they're not always humble. Y'all look at me like your children and grandchildren are, are never prideful, but, and mine aren't either, but I've seen others that were. No, I'm just kidding. Hold your finger here in Mark chapter 10 and go to the left to Matthew chapter 18 because here we have this matter of childlikeness and humility taught by Jesus himself. Matthew 18 and verse 1 says, At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? You remember that conversation? The disciples are asking it. You'd think they'd be embarrassed to ask that question, but they ask it. Who's the greatest? Verse 2, and Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. That sounds similar to what we saw in Mark 10. But then look what it says in verse 4. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So with that as a reference, I can say with assurance that Jesus would include humility 
as an example of childlike behavior. Would you not agree with that? So we could say, here's a childlike tendency that we, we would want to have, and that is humility. It's specifically mentioned, I'm back in Mark now, it's specifically mentioned in Matthew chapter 18. And again, I know children can be prideful. I know children can be selfish. But there is a sense, if you'll think with me for a few moments, where they exhibit this humility. Unpretentious would be a word that we might use that would describe the humility of a child. Children very generally, and again it depends on their age and their upbringing, but they're straightforward. They're not complex. They think simply and they're not complicated. They're unassuming. Children do things without being concerned what everybody thinks about it. Our, some of our family are in North Dakota today. And, uh, but when Mackenzie was a child, Eric, don't tell her I talked about this, all right? She would entertain us all by running around the house on four limbs, her two hands and her feet acting like a horse, jumping over stuff. And, and she had to quit that the week after she got married to Eric. <laughs> <laughs> He said, not in my house, we're not. <laughs> but something tells me that that behavior, her doing that, was sort of unpretentious. Ch children, children do those kinds of things. I was sitting with a pastor and his family up uh, in Iowa years ago, and I was preaching there, and we were out eating one day, and and one of his children was sitting next to me. And as I'm sitting there eating, I'm getting to know the family. I'm talking to this little boy. And this is totally unprepared for what happened next. His little son turned to me and said, staring contest, go. <laughs> With his eyes about that big. <laughs> children, and maybe that's because he is prideful of his ability to stare. I don't know. But children have this a tendency to not be so concerned all the time about what everybody thinks. Now, you see children singing out, for instance, enthusiastically in church, like nobody's around but them. And you, want, you, you would just pray that they would continue to do that when they become teenagers and they're not too cool to sing out loud. Children are not reluctant to go to the altar and pray. I would never think ill of a child for doing that. It's a part of that humility that children have that Jesus said, you've got to have this. You've got to have this. You, get, you have to have this. Pride is a great hindrance in our spiritual lives. We're too concerned sometimes about what people think. Too concerned about how we look too cool to do certain things. Perhaps we need to regain some childlike tendencies. Humility, I'd say, is one of those tendencies. There's another childlike tendency that I want to mention. I want to mention several, but there's another one that I think is a good attribute, and that's curiosity. Children have a tendency to be adventurous. You have to teach a child that it's dangerous to cross the road because they just have this natural tendency 
to venture out. You have to teach them not to eat bugs. Because they don't see anything out of step with eating bugs. Now, if you're an adult or a teenager and you eat bugs, don't be offended by that. But most of us teach our kids not to eat bugs. They have this tendency to be curious. Recklessness. Recklessness kind of goes with the age of young children. My wife and I were in uh, St. Louis County this week. There was a church that was having a special meeting, and a friend of ours was there, and we, they asked us to come up and visit, and we did, and, went, and had, went to a meal with them and had services afterward. And after services, I'm going out, leaving the uh, auditorium and going to our car, and there was these three little boys out there. And they had a scooter. If you could try to visualize this, it, it was built like a, um, a tricycle. But these were kids that were... You know, I'm certainly 10, 12 years old, 9, 10, 12 years old, boys, of course. And they had this little scooter made for one person. It didn't have a motor or anything. It just, you'd have to, you'd ride it down a hill. But it's a little bit bigger than a tricycle. But uh, the, what caught my attention was there was a, a two-by-six, about six feet long, on the seat of the scooter. And then the guy that was driving it was sitting on the two-by-six. But out on either wing were two other boys sitting. So you got this one-man tricycle with three young people riding down a hill together. And I was cheering them on. Children have a tendency to be curious. And, you know, one thing we love to see in children is this desire to explore, to learn to read, to ride a bicycle, to fly a kite. But the older we get, the more cautious we become, the more careful we become. A child who is, will be eager to learn something, and as adults, we're eager to find out why it can't be done. Curiosity is often a childlike trait. Almost any child, almost any child who's old enough to walk. You could, you could instruct and encourage and teach that child to walk up to a total stranger and give them a gospel track. How many of you have done that and seen that happen? Many of us have. They don't even know the grace of God. They don't even know what it is to be redeemed to have new life in Jesus Christ, but they're adventuresome enough that if you ask them to do that, they'd do it. And yet many of us who understand the gospel, we know what it is to be washed in the blood of the Lamb. We know what it is to have our life reconciled and redeemed. We're hesitant to do it because we're so calculating that we're wondering how they're going to respond and what they're going to say and how they're going to treat us. Sometimes we get stuck as adults in this rut of comfort, our comfort zone. Perhaps we need to regain some childlike tendencies. Let me give you a third childlike tendency that I think we might benefit from considering, and that's helplessness. Helplessness. You know, when children, when they're hurt or when they're afraid... 
they're not hesitant to cry out. I saw this yesterday. One of our grandchildren who stumped his toe and scraped his knee and had a boo-boo. When a child falls, when they hurt their knee, even though it's a minor thing, even when their diaper needs changing, they're not ashamed to scream for help. The older we get, the more apt we are to cover our pain. The more apt we are to not ask for help. We're ashamed to admit that we have needs. I want to tell you today, self-reliance is one of the great obstacles for people having a meaningful relationship with God. The daddy help me as we go through life gets replaced with the I got this. And I think children ought to be taught to be responsible. But Jesus said, if you're going to come to me, you're going to have to become like this little child. Perhaps we need to regain some childlike tendencies like helplessness, like humility, like curiosity. Let me give you one last one. There are more, and I'm sure you as parents, especially having young children around, could think of a lot more. But the fourth one and the last one I want to mention is trust. Trust is a childlike characteristic that we need in our relationship to God. You know, children are prone to believe whatever you tell them. (laughs) And I've told our kids and grandkids some weird stuff, and they believe about whatever you tell them. (laughs) For instance, this is not true of everyone, but as a rule, children have to be taught not to talk to strangers. You know why? Because they just trust people. They think everybody is trustworthy. Most of us, I've demonstrated this before, I'm not going to do it today, but most of us have taken a child or a grandchild, set them up on a kitchen counter and stepped away from them and said, jump. And the kids, you know what they do? They just jump. Right? Let's try it, Livy. You want to? No. You know why? Because they trust. Yesterday, uh, we were out in the barn, and Wesley was out there, and there was a stepladder out there, and we were encouraging Wesley to climb the stepladder. And he, was, he felt good about it. He knows he's famous now. I'm watching his face. He felt good about it for one or two steps, but then he didn't feel so comfortable. But I said, I'll, I'll be with you. You take a step up, I'll take a step up. We went right up the stepladder together. You know why? Because they trust. Now, stay with me today. Unbelief and fear, and doubt, and skepticism are things that accompany adulthood, not childhood. The older we get, the more apt we are to second-guess and question. By the way, hear me. You can say, yeah, that's true, but it's not good. It's not admirable. It's something Jesus said, you've got to get over. You've got to get over being so so sure of everything before you take a step. You've got to get over thinking that you're in charge and thinking you can handle it on your own. If you're going to walk with me, you've got to change. You've got to become more like a child if you're going to walk with me. You know, I was thinking this morning, 
meditating on this passage about the children of Israel in the Old Testament and how it was the older generation that saw what would it be like in Canaan and heard the reports of the spies that went in. It was the older generation that said, not now, we can't do that. I mean, we know, we know our limitations. In our own eyes, we're like grasshoppers. We can't do that. And God said, okay, I'll let this entire older generation die off. And it was the young people that went in and conquered the land. I know as adults, we need to be responsible. I know as adults... We need to make wise decisions. But every, all of this reluctance and hesitancy and skepticism and doubt and fear that comes with experience sometimes stands in our way rather than helping the cause. The older we get, the more we have to resist. The more we need to resist this hesitancy to doubt. I'll only step out if I know everything is safe. So when Jesus had this experience and these parents probably were bringing their little children to him and the disciples felt like it was inappropriate, he rebuked the disciples and he said to those men, we're talking about the men closest to him, if you're going to make it, you're going to have to become more like these children. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Jesus wanted the disciples to learn lessons from children. And I think it's a lesson that we all need to learn. It would do us all well. We don't enter the kingdom on our terms. We don't enter the kingdom on our conditions. It requires humility. It requires trust. We don't come to Him knowing that we've got it all together. We come to Him with a sense of helplessness. That's not a bad thing to have. The kingdom of God requires that we see ourselves differently. We don't know it all. We don't have it all together. We trust Him because He knows it all. And He has it all together. I see this in my own life. I see this in the stage of my life, the tendency to be more skeptical and fearful and hesitant. These are not good qualities. These are not good qualities. It's not a good quality to be more committed to our comfort zone than we are committed to obeying God. Maybe we could stand to be a little more childlike in our relationship to God, trusting Him. A good dose of humility never hurt anyone. The more we read our Bible, the more familiar we are with the Bible, the Word of God, the more we read the Bible stories, there's a tendency to lose that hunger we once had just to read the Bible and hear the words of Jesus. This curiosity about knowing Him more. Maybe we need to be a little more childlike. As we, as we conclude today, I want to I encourage you to do something today, personally, yourself, right where you sit. 
And that asks, ask God, humbly and sincerely ask God to help you learn some things from children. Or maybe unlearn some things you've learned as an adult. I said this earlier, and it's really true. We, and I've done it. We do it. It's a natural thing to do. We want our children to behave and act like adults. Nothing wrong with that. But let's hear Jesus saying, I want you to live more like a child. Is that what he said? And if you're here today, please hear me today. If you're here today and you're not saved, you don't know the Lord, you've never been born again, coming to Christ is not about us knowing everything and having it all together. It's about knowing that He paid the price completely. And our trust and faith is in Him and Him alone for salvation. You could get saved today. You, you want to be saved? You understand the gospel? You need to be saved? You ought to come to Christ today. You say, have you ever heard people say this? You don't have to respond to this, but I've heard it numerous times. Well, I've just got to get this stuff worked out before I... No, you don't get stuff worked out before you get saved. You come to Jesus Christ, and He works on you. You ought to come to Christ today. You know what stops us sometimes? Pride. Our pride. What keeps, same thing keeps us sometimes from saying we're wrong when we're wrong, and please forgive me, our pride. 